Nice. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. We talk in divisional round, and we may as well just jump straight into it because we're going to start off with a banger. Uh, perhaps, as my grandpa told me, the best game he's ever seen since he's been watching football. Chiefs, Bills, we knew it was going to happen. Carson, you wanted to talk about this first, so you take it away. Yeah, I mean, I was so I was so excited to do this pod, you know, after this weekend because this really was like, you know, I don't even think arguably like as as long as I've been watching football, this has definitely been the best weekend of a playoff football like by far. I mean, four you know epic games that came down to you know the last second, you know, three of them last second that won in overtime, was just phenomenal. And for this game, you know, like as sports fans, we're only blessed with this so so. You know, we don't get it that often where, like, there's just two guys that are just going at it as, you know, like, you know, vying for, like, the best player in their sport. You know, kind of like, you know, like Jordan and Barkley going up at, you know, up against each other in the 93 finals or, like, a Curry-LeBron or, like, a KD-LeBron. And in this case, it was Mahomes and Allen who were just, like, you know, really just playing for the title of the best quarterback, best player in the league. And they both, like, rose to the challenge and they are both – you can't even really say who was who was better. They were both – you know, because Allen didn't even get a chance. They're both equally great. And they were just two, you know, generational talents on top of their games. Uh, and, you know, Allen really just, you know, silencing everyone that thought, you know, he might have reverted back to his first couple years. But, you know, clearly it was more of a, you know, play calling thing, you know, in the first half of the season than it was like him reverting back to his old ways. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was just, you know, slinging it all over the field. And, I mean, Gabe Davis, like, just – I mean, he had his moments, you know, he had his moments throughout the season, but coming out here with like an all-time game, like eight catches, he made every, like every important catch, the two touchdowns, you know, in the last two minutes, um, phenomenal. I mean, it's crazy because Diggs, you know, one of the best receivers in the league, didn't do anything. He had three catches for seven yards and they're still able to put up, you know, this massive game. And then as for the Chiefs, I mean, you got all their stars on display. I mean, Mahomes, uh, Hill just showed why he is the most dangerous weapon in the league. Kelsey was fantastic. It was just like really like this is the best game since like that Rams Chiefs game from a couple years ago. Like this just yeah. like it's going to be really, really hard to top this. And we just got blessed to like watch like two generational guys, two great teams just like go at it and playing like like exceptional, exceptional football. Well, I mean, except for defense, but to be fair, these guys like – these like the offense was just so good that it trumped the defense and the defense was just so tired because of it that once you get in those last few minutes it's just like all right well they're just so tired the offense is ready to go they're they're wired like they're locked in so it it was insane bro i'm so glad we got to witness this yeah jose uh real quick let's have a like a little mini debate what do you guys think of the overtime rules are we going to change them or should we keep them the same Funny enough, uh, I mean, I do sports administration for my major, so we always kind of talk about this stuff. And that was one of the questions we talked about in class. And I kind of like wrote my hand and said, you know, what the alternative should be, it should be a quarter. It should be 10 minutes. You know, if nobody scores or ends up tied, you do the two-point conversion thing like they do in college when it goes to like four OTs or whatever. That's how it should be. Because if, if you drain, there's no way you're going to drain 10 minutes of clock. And if you can, it's your defense's fault. And I understand in playoff games, teams that win the coin toss are 10 and one, the same time the Bills had the number one defense in the NFL. So if they weren't going to stop them, man, who's going to stop at the same time? It is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if it was like 
I'm not saying to diss them. Like the Bengals out in that situation, would we have as much faith in the Bengals as we would in, you know, the Chiefs? Who knows? You know, we'll see this coming weekend. But I think you can't do the college overtime rules. I think that's going to make the game. No one's going to – the sports books aren't going to want to do it because they're going to be screwed. When people bet the over every single time when they have a game like this, they're going to live bet the over and it's going to hammer for them. And sportsbook aren't going to know how to set their lines and all that stuff. So I think they should add a quarter, a, a shortened quarter, 10-minute quarter, gives the team opportunities uh, and see what the score is. So you're yeah, changing the rules? Yeah. Yeah, because the OT court, the period was what? It was 15 minutes, right? But in the regular season, it's 10. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm 100% with that. It should, you know, both teams should get a chance. And, you know, it's like obviously, you know, in the regular season you can tie, you can't tie in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, they've gotten this far, and I know it's like an extra, like, you know, if they keep playing, like extra risk for injuries, whatever, but like it's the playoffs, man. Like it's everything is on the line. So, and these guys, like if it gets to that point where it's like, you know, they, they'll be able to push themselves, you know, a few extra minutes when they know like everything is on the line, they're going back and forth. Like, yeah, I agree with Liam. I think, you know, a 10 minutes of, you know, where we could go back and forth. And then if it's tied after 10, then yeah, we can go from, or if it's tied after 10, then we can do like, you know, a five minute or ten, another 10 minute period where it is like this, where it's like, all right, first team to score. And then it's like, okay, well, you had that first period to, you know, to, to win it. So now it's like, there's no excuse because you get into a you know second overtime period where it's like how it is now. Yeah. Hey, Josh Allen lies. Fumbled the bag. He was nine and zero going into coin tosses. This game went over to him coin tosses. That's what failed the Bills. What are you gonna say, Jose? Yeah. My problem lies. Uh, I see a lot of people, especially on Twitter, saying, "Oh, you know, the Bills didn't even get a chance. Like, the Bills didn't get a chance," which is not true. Like, the Bills got a chance. The offense didn't get a chance, but the defense was out there. And I mean, this is yeah. the playoffs. Like, the defense has to be fully locked in. And I get that in a game like this, you know the offense is going to beat the defense every single time. But, I mean, there are some great general generational defenses that have won a team a championship. And this is the exact situation where you would need something like that. Um, regardless of whether your offense, you know, was out there or not, I mean, they gave up they gave up a touchdown in, like, a matter of a couple minutes. So, you yeah, know, yeah. the Bills did get a chance. Josh Allen did not get a chance. I think Mahomes like generational play in that 13 second period really overshadowed the fact like if he wasn't as great as he was, we would be talking about how Buffalo's defense choked extremely bad because they, you know, they only had 13 seconds to defend. And they was just like, all right, just don't get them in field goal range. They have to go, you know, what, like 50 some yards or maybe a little less, but like, yeah, we just didn't really talk about that enough because Mahomes was so good. It kind of, you know, overshadowed that. But really, it should have been like, damn, this Bills defense was so gassed that they really kind of choked and gave up, you know, that that game-winning field or it led to a game-winning field, yeah. I guess. And Josh Allen had less time than Dak did on that QB draw that they <laughs> fucking ran on that last play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, also, like, you also got to look at it in terms of the Chiefs situation – they were able to win that game without Tyron Matthew. And if you watch, yeah. you do not want Daniel Sorensen starting for you at safety <laughs> in a playoff game alongside Juan Thornhill, who's barely been playing in the NFL. So, you know, the Bills do what they did. You know, Gabriel Davis, what I think his fourth touchdown, he was wide open because 
Oh, you guys saw that one where he like shook Mike Hughes and Mike Hughes just like basically like broke his ankles. That was pretty crazy. But like you guys said, you can't allow a team to go 50 yards on you in less than 13 seconds, mind you, because they had time. They had like 10 seconds. I mean, three seconds left on the clock when they kicked it. So you got, you got to double Tyreek because when you, if you guys look back at the play, when Tyreek was able to score, I believe he was out there in the slot and just kind of just ran like a little, like it, like a 10 yard in route. And just got burned by the guy. You got to be able to have someone you know that's going to cover that because Demarcus Robinson's not going to you know be the guy that's going to score the big uh, play there. You know it's not going to be McCole Hardman. Uh, it's either going to be Kelsey or Hill, and you really need to focus your defense on that when it comes down to it. when you have two an All Pro and a Pro Bowl safety back there in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Yeah, yeah. Can I jump off that point real quick? You, you made a really great point. It's like you already you know you already kind of. Uh, how do I put this? Like you don't, you already chose to not let Tyreek Hill beat you by not swim kicking and you know kicking it out into the end zone where he can't return it. So why not fully commit to that? And yeah, exactly. exactly. Like double team them, like and let you know, let Kelsey or let you know, let all these other guys beat you because I'd you know I'd much rather let you know Hardman and Pringle try and make a play than freaking Tyreek Hill. So yeah, that, that's a exactly. good point. Yeah, and it a part that bothered me was. They knew that the Chiefs had three timeouts, but they still left the middle of the field wide open for all the underneath stuff, all the intermediate stuff for Tyreek over the middle, Kelsey over the middle. Like they had plenty of time to call a timeout or even spike the ball in that situation. Like they're giving up big chunks of yardage over the middle. Like they do not need to be playing the sideline when the other team has three timeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You got to start putting corners on Travis Kelsey. I understand the whole thing, but like, Kelsey's just going to route the guy if he's a linebacker like Milano or Edmonds. So, like that game-winning catch. Like, I mean, great, great catch, great throw. There's nothing you could have done about it. But that was nice. That was, was crazy. so nice. But, hey, uh, this weekend was not just one game that ended in one score. Every single game was decided by the final score. But these last three were all decided by game-winning field goals. And speaking of choking, this almost happened to the Los Angeles Rams. But the Triple Crown winner himself in Cooper Cup, you know, shut up all the people that have been hating on him on TikTok, saying, man, this guy's just a slout, a slot merchant. He can't do anything else. He goes up against everyone's favorite safety, Antoine Winfield, and burns him down the middle. Jose, I want your analysis on this game. Tom Brady goes down in the playoffs. Retirement mm-hmm. rumors are circling around. What's going on in this game and what's looking for the future of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster? Dude, I woke up so late this day and I didn't even realize it was starting, I believe, at like 10 or 11 or something because it was like 12 something. And I was like, oh, the game's about to start. But it was already like quarter two. So I was like, oh, I'll just like come back and watch the end of it. But then it was 27 to three uh, Rams. And I was like, is this even worth watching? Like, what the fuck? Are the Bucs just not doing shit? So then I, I put it on. Um, I believe it was like 27 to 14. The Bucks drive down the field. Um, I believe it was Mike Evans who scored who scored a touchdown. And then, then Cam Akers fumbles it to give them the ball right back, I believe, on their own 40. Um, and the Bucks obviously come back and score again. Now it's a tie game. And now it's all up to, you know, is this Rams offense going to be able to do it? And we, we've talked about this Bucks. This Bucks secondary being, you know, pretty bad since the beginning of the year. Um, and I mean, it, it was it was never going to be anyone else. It wasn't going to be Odell. It wasn't going to be Van Jefferson. Like it was, they were. He was going to look to Cooper Cup 
over the top and they had only one deep safety and he got beat. Like it's, it's as simple as it is. Say what you want about Cooper cup. He doesn't get guarded by DBs. He doesn't get, you know, he, he gets free releases, all stuff over the middle. He made the play here. He made the play over the top, beat the guy on him. You know, he, there's always that one interview with Cooper Cup where he's like, yeah, we had a three deep fire zone, had to replace his fire zone, beat him over the top, and I was home free. He did exactly that. Like, he, he did exactly that. He beat the guy over the top. He made the game-winning play. Like, it was, it was like the most fucking ice in his veins moment ever. Like, he, he just fucking burned him straight up, caught it, and just walks into the end zone like nothing for game against the Bucks. Yeah, Carson, right? Good ad. Um, I mean, this game, honestly, this game like really, like really, really, like tapped me into like the conspiracy bag of just thinking like the NFL is definitely scripted. Like this, it was just like it was just like the NFL. They're in the headquarters, like the Hunger Games. Just like, all right, now we're gonna do this. We're gonna edit this part of the the match or whatnot. It was just so it was so ridiculous. Because, you know, the Rams were absolutely killing them. I mean, it really showed that the Bucs, you know, were really missing Godwin and Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, Fournette wasn't really playing the same way. You know, clearly their offensive line was, you know, playing banged up and really struggling. And the Rams had their number. But, you know, as the, the Rams have kind of shown, uh, you know, McVay, it just seemed like McVay didn't really trust Stafford to close that game out because, you know, they, they were up so much. They were trying to just run the, run the whole second half out. But that's not going to work when your when your run game isn't that good. I mean, Acres was, you know, I, I think we all really like Acres. Like, I think he's going to get drafted pretty high next year in fantasy. But he was awful. I mean, he lost what two fumbles. He had twenty four carries for forty eight yards. He was awful. You know, Sony Michelle is not going to give you everything. He's like, you know, at most like three four yards to carry. Um, and he, it just showed McVay just didn't really trust Stafford to you know keep doing what he was doing. All you know, he was shredding them guys. All you know. First half, and clearly, you know, the Bucks secondary is awful, but McVay didn't trust them. And then it was good to see, you know, Stafford finally make that big throw at the end. Like, yo, like, McVay, like, you can trust me. Like, if you just keep letting me throw the ball, getting it to Cooper Cup, you know, one of, if not the best weapon in football, like, instead of giving it to these terrible running backs. And you can just feel in the air, like, as soon as – as soon as Brady, you know, just got a little remnants of hope, you were just like, okay, there's no way. Like, we were texting about it. Like, there's no way this guy's <laughs> going to do this again. And it's yep. like, of course, why would we ever say that? It's freaking Brady. You know, uh, Mike, Mike Evans, Vernon Rams, and, you know, they get the, the Rams can't, you know, can't hold on to the football. It's just everything, of course. You know, it's all all going right for Brady. It just, that's how it happens. And I'm, I'm really shocked that the Rams actually won this game. Like, they were – the momentum had shifted so tremendously towards the Bucks. I was really shocked at the Rams. It actually kind of showed a lot of resiliency that they were able to actually still close this game out because, God, I, I, I know if I was on that sideline, I would have been defeated even without even taking the loss. I'd be like, oh, my yeah. gosh, like, here we yeah. go again. I'm gonna, we're going to be a terrible meme. Like, we're even worse, <laughs> like, low-key just as bad as what happened to the Falcons. But, yeah, you know, they, one point they, less. Yeah, one point less, but they did it. Um, Brady, who knows, man, if he retires, I would, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just, he's in a very, very similar situation to LeBron where it's like, I think last year was like his best year is his only chance to really win it because next year, you know, they lost a B they probably end up, you know, if they re-sign Godwin, he's going to be out at least, you know, half the season Gronk, who knows what you're going to get from Gronk. Um, 
you know, we're not really sure, you know, how good their team's going to be. So it's like, is he going to ride it out and think that this team's good enough or is he going to go somewhere to try and, you know, win another title? Like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with him. Um, but like I said, as for the Rams, shout out to them, man. For, for now, this would have been one – this would have been the second worst loss in, in football history, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this would have been so bad. And yeah. Brady was just looming over like like a celestial, like an eternal. He was Literally. just looming over the whole place. Like, like you just know he, it's just like inevitable that he's going to make this comeback. And he freaking did. It was, it was amazing. But yeah. yeah, it would have been nice for them just to have some other weapons out there when it comes down to it. Because as good as Evans is, you know, he's going to go down as one of the great wide receivers of all time. As much as people don't want to admit it because he's a guy that – you know, he's going to get you a thousand yards. You put your, you put your life on it. This man's probably going to let you get a thousand yards a year, but hey, nothing better than kicker Matt Gay for the LA Rams formerly of the Buccaneers was cut is the one that sent them out of the playoffs there at Tampa Bay. Uh, great game to see from there. And a you know, the great Ra- redemption art because he, he was going to be the, one of the big reasons why they were going to lose because he was short on a 40, like six, 47 yarder. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. That right there, that was like the biggest like red flag, like, Oh, Goodell is definitely tampering with this game because it's like, how are you going to be short? How is a professional kicker going to be short on a, like a 45 yarder, like in good conditions? Yeah. Yeah. You, you turn don't on the wind, seen. turn on the wind, the, the wind force. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it got, I don't think it got tipped or, or blocked or nah. anything. I think it was, yeah, it, that was just, that was really, really weird to me. But yeah. I'm glad he saved his day. But no, like you guys said about the box roster, it's one that's just going to keep getting older and the young guys are going to have to get paid. You know, you got to look at a guy like Devin White, people believe be one of the best young linebackers in the league. Um, as much as those DBs were injured, Davis, Murphy Bunting, uh, Dean, all going to looking for contracts. Same with Winfield. Tristan Wirfs is going to be one of the highest paid offensive tackles in the league. Then you got old guys, you know, you got Ndamukong Sue, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, uh, Tom Brady, and, you know, as good as Leonard Fournette's been, Leonard Fournette, you know, he's getting towards that age where running backs begin to see a decline. So do they think Keyshawn Vaughn can be that guy? You know, Giovanni Bernard is going to be there. And like you said, Carson, Godwin's going to demand a very good contract because he's one of the most underrated receivers in this league. Um, and they're probably going to run into a lot of cap problems where Katie, either Brady's going to need to take a pay cut or he's going to start losing some guys because they're not returning that entire starting unit. But um, – like we said, we could go on and on, but another game. Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty and them dogs go out to go out the Nissan Stadium out there. Cats. They, you know, going crazy. 19 to 16, the big man Evan McPherson, you know, went viral for his TikTok kicking in the um, draft process where he uh on the practice field at UF kicked from uh the bottom all the way up to the catwalk was able to take a bottle lid off a water ball. Absolutely insane. This guy's been accurate. I believe his jersey stock sold out on the Bengals store. Crazy to see, but, you know, didn't really see that Derrick Henry vintage performance. We shouldn't have expected it because we know he was coming off a severe injury. We did see A.J. Brown play well, uh, but when it comes down to it, the Bengals will be rematching against the Chiefs in a game that we saw the Bengals uh, win and begin to get that, you know, real sense of validation uh, towards the end of the season. Carson, I got to ask you, was this Titans team just simply not as good as a one seed uh, label they received, or are this Bengals team really deserving of a chance to fight for a Super Bowl? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I mean, Cincinnati, 
know, this isn't like a fluke run. They're, they're really, really talented. I mean, like we talked about in the last podcast, like the fact they're in the AFC championship game alone, they could get blown out. It's still a massive win for them just because yeah. their trajectory as a young team, you know, they're really ahead of schedule. Um, and then as for the Titans, I mean, you know, they had some really, really quality wins this year. I mean, they beat a lot of really great teams. I mean, they, you know, they beat, uh, they beat, you know, the rest of the teams left. I mean, I mean, besides the Bengals, but they beat the Chiefs, you know, they beat the Niners, they beat the Rams, you know, all in the regular season. They had some really quality wins, but I think it just showed, you know, I think the moral of this weekend was like, you really need like an upper echelon quarterback and, and Tannehill is just not that guy. I mean, we'll start off with like the Titans. I mean, you know, the first half, they just could not establish the run. I mean, Henry clearly, you know, it, it looked like it showed that he was playing with the freaking, you know, steel plate in his foot or whatever he has. Um, and they just had some really frustrating plays. I mean, you know, they were driving down, you know, middle of the third quarter, you know, they're finally getting some sort of momentum. They had four successful runs in a, in a row, you know, capped off by that big one by, uh, you know, Foreman. Um, and then, you know, on their, on their first play after that big drive, you know, they decide to, you know, throw this, you know, crazy choreographed pass at the, um, forgot who it was on the Bengals, but he read that perfectly and returned it for, you know, 30, 40 yards. It's like, why would you not keep running the ball if that's what's been going good for you in the last four plays? Um, so, you know, couldn't capitalize on that. You know, eight minutes in the fourth quarter, they had a third and run where third and one where Tannehill had a designed run. Um, that was just a terrible play call. It's like, you know, why would you not give it to, you know, why would you not give it to Henry or Foreman? You know, both two much more viable options. Um Someone who was a very viable option, A.J. Brown, he was the bright spot. I mean, he was, you know, Tannehill's, you know, blessing. He was, uh, you know, his safety net. And they're just making big plays. I mean, that catch he had, I mean, ter- I mean, a great ball by Tannehill, but God, that catch was insane. I mean, he just, like, crowded in with his, le- with his left arm, just yeah. insane. Um, and, you know, he- Tannehill's lucky he had A.J. Brown because besides, you know, all the A.J. Brown plays, he, you know, he was really bad. That's for the Bengals. I mean, shout out Joe Burrow, man. I mean, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he was just really, really accurate. He was methodical, moved the ball down the field. He had nine freaking sacks, and you're still winning this game. I don't know if that's yep. a praise on Burrow or just like destroyed. It's, it's both. But you know, he stays so calm for someone that's you know fearing for his life every time that the ball is snapped. Uh, you know, the Bengals on third down were seven for 15, Titans one for eight. You know, Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, was dominant this game, like kind of like how AJ Brown was. Um, and T Higgins was also awesome too. I, I, I heard someone in the halftime show talking about like, you know, Chase, you know, they're going to try and, you know, double team him and stop him in the second half, look for T Higgins. And he's a great, great second option. I mean, you guys know that's like my guy. So, um, but every aspect of the ball was great for the Bengals, uh, except that O-line, of course. And also uh, shout out McPherson, man. He was he's one of the best players on the field man he was knocking everything i mean that what 250 yarders he was he was yeah. awesome and i'm glad to see you know he got the win for them jose good out. um yeah the Bengals. they get a lot of talk about like the future you know like they they're such a young team already you know they're so good already their future is going to be bright but i think they're pretty well equipped to win right now yeah um, their secondary has been like overperforming I and mean, Jesse Bates is obviously amazing. Eli Apple and Shido Wuzier, former Cowboy, have been like pretty solid for them. And then even Mike Hilton as a slot corner, one of the best in the league. Um, 
That's who made the playoffs talking about who read that perfectly. Yeah, they, yeah, really so. They've got just like such a complete team. I mean, besides this O line, which is probably going to get destroyed by um, Frank Clark and uh, the other the other big dude. You know who I'm talking about on the Chiefs. Chris Jones. Uh, that, Chris but, yeah, Jones. Chris Jones. I don't but know why I wanted to say Chris Jones. Now too. And, and Melvin Ingram had some plays against that game. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, despite getting sacked nine times, I mean, Joe Burrow looked in control every single down, and I mean, they are just on a tear right now, and I don't think anything can really stop them but the true test is going to be you know obviously this Chiefs game and I think if they get past the Chiefs next this week they're definitely beating whoever comes out of the NFC in my opinion yeah um just want to take a quick note we got to talk about uh perhaps the biggest legend that played in this game is Julio Jones people were saying you know he's a playoff performer he's going to go out there he's going to put up 100 plus yards I think you know, not saying he had a bad game, but this is only his second game all season putting up 60-plus yards. I think it's time to signify the end of the eliteness of Julio Jones. I know people were kind of clawing on to him still being a top-three receiver going into this year. Um, you know, he turns uh, 33 uh, at the beginning of February, so we know now, you know, the age is starting to go down. We need to see the Titans go out there. They need to draft a weapon to play alongside A.J. Brown because – at this point, you know, A.J. Brown, he's 1A and 1B, in my opinion, with Debo Samuel in terms of wide receivers from that class. As good as D.K. Metcalf is, I think, you know, the versatility of a guy like Debo has made himself jump up above Terry and D.K. So, you know, Aussie, shout they out Brown. use him like Debo because he, dude, A.J. Brown he, is huge. Be better. I mean, he's I think a he'd be freaking better. monster out there. He'd be a better runner than Debo. I, I honestly think so. I, you think his frame's a little bit too big to, like, flits get in between tackles but like jet sweeps he'd be phenomenal but yeah nine sacks Cincinnati's got to go pay some guys go get Teron Armstead from the Saints when he's going to be up for free agency uh go get Orlando Brown from the Chiefs do whatever you got to give a guy a franchise tackle kind of money because they need that they haven't hit on any of their offensive lineman picks in the last recent years and you got to protect Joe Shiesty because you don't want him to go down for another injury and you know how valuable he is to your team so headed into this last game, man, I, I was c- c- confused this entire game. I didn't even like know what was going on. I was like, what? And then, you know, the game ends on, you know, the most clutch field goal kicker uh, in the postseason for us. Robbie Gold has missed no field goals, you know, knock on wood in the playoffs so far. Um, you know, is Aaron Rodgers done? You know, I, we made a post about it, about the Broncos potentially wanting to go after and get a guy like him in that Peyton Manning stage that we saw where Peyton was able to rejuvenize his career in Denver with a record-setting offense. Jose, let's talk first. What would you take away from this Niners game as they'll be going into, you know, their home stadium of uh, SoFi Stadium to face the Rams this coming Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling. I called it last week. The, the Niners just have the Packers number. Um and I mean, besides besides Devontae Adams, nobody else on this receiving core did a damn thing. And I mean, they were gonna let up, they were gonna let that happen because I mean you have to let Devontae Adams beat you. There's really nothing you can do about that. Uh, but nobody else made a single play. I mean, besides Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones was left wide open over the top. Um, this Niners team, man, I believe Eli Mitchell. And Eli Mitchell, after contact, is the top two rushers in the playoffs right now with, like, 113-plus for both. So, I mean, this Niners team, 
one of the best run games. Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible, though. Like, second worst QBR. Yeah, absolutely terrible in this game. You guys are lucky to have scraped by it. Like, this is honestly lucky a worse performance than Tannehill. Um, he just didn't have as many volumes of throws. He didn't have to make as many big throws as Tannehill. So, you know, he didn't sell the game the way Tannehill did. But, I mean, your defense your defense held it down all the way to the end and then got you to into a position to score the game-winning field goal. So, I mean, all props to you guys. You guys you guys have really come a long way. Yeah, no, no one would have thought we would have been here. I, if you told me we'd be playing in the NFC Championship, I would have been like, who, who got injured that we were, we were playing against that we, we were able to sneak by? That's what I would have thought. Carson. Yeah, I thought, I thought we were dead in the water like eight weeks ago. I was like, nah, like this team sucks. Like we're just so inconsistent. I'm, I'm glad we made it this far. I don't know how, but I'm glad. This game was a lot to unpack, man. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, my roommate who, you know, he likes football, whatever. He doesn't know too much. And, the you know, the first few seconds of the game, uh, Joe Buck and uh, oh, who's his buddy? Aikman, yeah, Aikman. Buck and Aikman. Aikman. They're they're talking about special teams and how bad the Packers' special teams are. And my my roommate's like, God, it, the game just started. And they're talking about special teams, like that's so boring. I'm like, you watch, bro, because Green Bay like has an historically bad special teams, and it was on full display. I mean, they cost them the game. I mean, you know that blocked. Uh, you know, pick six, which was just, you know, uh, a gift from God that that ball was you know, <laughs> hit up so high and it came down right to us because normally those never work out. I mean, those, you know, the ball could just be flying everywhere, but it landed perfectly towards us for that, uh, you know, that touchdown. And of course, you know, on the game winning field goal, they only had 10 guys, uh, you know, trying to defend that for the Packers. And it's just crazy that that you know that they mentioned that the announcers mentioned that at the beginning of the game, and that's what ended up costing them. And uh, you know, Rogers, yeah, it's amazing how we how we got by because Rogers had a chance to you know step on our throat like so many times. And I mean, this is his environment. He, he literally said it two years ago uh, against when he lost to us. He's like, wait till we get a game at home in our environment. Well, he had that, and he didn't capitalize. He was really bad. He couldn't take advantage of. Anything that, you know, the fact that they only scored 10 points um, is just really, really ridiculous when we didn't have any offensive touchdowns. Um, it's just amazing that we got by because, you know, Jimmy G, you know, Jose mentioned it. He's, he was so awful. I mean, every ball that was towards the sideline, I was just waiting for a pick six to happen. He was just throwing ducks out there. I mean, I get it. It's snowing. You know, I, I can never do that. But still, I was just so nervous watching that. Like, every throw, I was like, oh, God. Like, there were so many throws that just barely got into the receiver or barely, you know, got hit and wasn't picked. I'm like, there was at least, like, three or four potential pick sixes from Jimmy G in that game. But it doesn't matter. Um, the Niners, you know, our defense is, you know, this is one of those types of defenses that Jose was talking about before that could potentially, you know, just lead us uh, to a championship where they're just that dominant. Um and, uh, you know, shout out Shanahan, who Shanahan, he's known for making bad play calls in crunch time. He made a great play call in crunch time on that third and seven to set up the game winning field goal. You know, just put it in your best player's hands, man. Just give it to Debo and let him, you know, maneuver through uh, the line, you know, 
maneuver through the linemen and stuff. Great play call. It's just like you, you live and die by your best players. And that I'm exactly. I'm so you know glad that he just kept it simple like that. Just give it to Debo and he does the rest. And shout, Debo was phenomenal, man. He was a warrior out there. You know, he didn't, it's not like he had the craziest game, like stat wise, but you know, he, he just getting beat up on every play and just, it was just awesome. It's just a great, great play call by Shanahan. Finally, you know, we always give him shit for you know losing leads and whatnot, but that was a great, great play call. And uh, I, I'm so excited. We got through that, man. And Twitter, the, the Twitter was <laughs> phenomenal and Rogers, you know, uh, you know, he deserved it, man. He, he, you know, he talks a lot, you know, he, and he didn't back it up. And I think he, I think he deserved all of the all of the Twitter fingers that, that came his way. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think people were really pissed at the fact that Debo Samuel got first-team All-Pro because, rightfully so, Justin Jefferson put up a better statistical season as a wide receiver. But I think these last two playoff games have solidified Debo Samuel deserving that role as, you know, one of the best wide receivers. So I can't – I don't even think it's deserving to call him a wide receiver anymore. He's one of the best He's blocking – in football he's, he's a hold on i'm just gonna put it in the chat he's a this he's a yeah, yeah. A wr he's a that. Receiver, running back kind of combo yeah. but no phenomenal from him and you know this is a topic of conversation that you know we just started our new series where we're doing 1v1s with uh fans of the show uh trey lance you know he's a it's a name that's really going to cause a lot of controversy because when it comes down to it jimmy garoppolo has at least led us to the nfc championship and it comes to the point you know Yes. Was he terrible this game? Yes. Has he been terrible plenty of times? Yes. But when it comes down to it, can you really push away the guy that's led you to two NFC championships in his time when he's been healthy? I think he's the, the two, actually, he wasn't fully healthy this year, but he's led you to two NFC championships regardless. Can you give the keys to a guy in Trey Lance? Who knows? You know, we'll have that conversation at another time, but interesting to see. I think the Rams, you know, they're going to be prepared for a guy like Debo. And I think Shanahan needs to think through, you know, add some packages, add Trey Lance in there, bring his mobility, do some triple option stuff with Mitchell and Debo and Trey Lance, you know, put the ball into our playmakers hands. Cause when it comes down to it, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a playmaker. We need to get Kittle more involved. We need to find a way to scheme around this Rams defense and we need Trent to be healthy because without Trent, I eliminate our chances at beating the Rams in their pass rush. So it's going to be talk about him for like 15 seconds, dude. Go Trent ahead. Williams. Yeah. That dude was phenomenal. And I don't know ever. the rules about how that works for like, he was getting like head starts on blocks, but oh my gosh, I would, I would literally <laughs> be obliterated and die if that dude had a head start and just came in and tried to pancake me. Like he is such a beast. And I was so excited when we got him because he just kind of wasted away and, in Washington and no one really realized how good this man was. I'm glad to see that like the national audience is realizing like this man is like such an important like part of our team and one of the one of the best players in football honestly. He's such an elite lineman. Yeah. yeah. And I think we got to force uh, Cooper, I mean uh OBJ and Van Jefferson to beat us. I know OBJ's been having a resurgence but force him to beat us. Don't let Cooper Cup be the guy to beat you over top or anything because we don't have the strongest defensive I mean cornerback group everyone knows that we're probably a bottom half of the league when it comes to that because we haven't really had anyone good since like Sherman and when I can think back there before Sherman I don't really think of a really good cornerback that we've had in recent years when it comes down to it because we've been a team that's been built on the safeties when it comes down to and the front seven that's the front sevens where the Niners have seen their success in the last decade so 
We got to make sure we zero in on that. And who knows? I think it's anyone's game because we don't want to have the Rams, um, you know, have a Super Bowl at their home stadium. We don't want to see that let our rivals who we've, you know, essentially owned in the Sean McVay era go down to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, there's no way it's a blowout. I think it's going to come down to someone's going to have to make a big play in order uh, to win this game. So will it be Debo? Will it be Stafford? Uh, who's going to be? You know, we've a lot of guys on each Aaron side Donald? that can make a lot of guys that can make some big plays. Um, we need to see the pass rush get to them. I know Andrew Whitworth uh, has been battling some injuries this playoff. So, you know, Eric Armstead, shout out Eric Armstead, two sacks in the day. Same with Nick Bosa, Samson Ubukam, and Fred Warner. He's got to return to that all-pro form like he's been playing as of recent. But should be a fantastic game. And before we head out, we got to talk about one of the biggest breaking news is here in the NFL. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, New Orleans Super Bowl winning head coach Sean Payton has stepped down and retired from football, will no longer uh, be coaching and pursuing into broadcasting alongside former quarterback Drew Brees. Brings in an interesting situation for a team in New Orleans who seemingly saw a lot of success due to the fact of his play calling and his brilliancy in New Orleans. Who do you, do you think this is a top job in the NFL or do you think people are going to be scared now? You know, you don't know the circumstance that quarterback, you don't know if you're going to get your number one wide receiver back again. Uh, your running back can be questionable at times. Um, Jose, I'll start with you. What do you think of the future of the Saints roster? Because they're, they're a talented roster, but I think they're a quarterback away from truly being yeah. dominant again. Yeah. Uh, I think they have to retain Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, one of the best in the league. They definitely have to figure out their cap situation. Um, you know, if that means cutting Toronto Armstead, which does hurt the team, but, you know, obviously it saves them in the long run. And, I mean, you got to hope that – what's his name, Mike? Uh, Mike Thomas. Yeah. played so long. Mike Thomas has not played a game in, like, over a year. But you've got to hope he comes back, right? Like, yeah, you've got to hope he comes back at some point. And with him, Alvin Kamara – um, obviously, if you can retain Jameis Winston for a year or two, like that's, you know, that's a viable quarterback. Like, oh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl, but like that's a starter. Mm -hmm. uh, Is Taysom gone? And then go full rebuild mode. Because Taysom's role is probably no. going to be gone now. No. Why would another coach want to come in or even as Dennis Allen keep using that Taysom role if it's like, you know, like he's, still, he's still a very useful player, regardless of whether he's playing QB or he's playing tight end. He's playing, you know, running. He back also was a big cap guy. That's the one thing with his contract. It's yeah, a little he, bit he does have iffy. a large contract. It's a tough situation, but I think because it's New Orleans, because it's such a historic team, you know, it's the same, it's such a big name team. It's going to be a team that a lot of coaches want to come to. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Flores is one of the, you know, first oh. candidates to come to this team. But Carson. Uh, I got to ask you a different question. Sorry, Jose, but NFC South, do you think they still are the number two team there? Or do you think the Panthers finally break through or the Falcons? Who knows? I, I think this roster is like too talented. They're, they're way too talented to, I think, you know, succumb to that. I still think they are, you know, the number one team just based off their talent alone. But it's such a shame. I mean, you know, Sean Payton has really been, you know, one of the best coaches, you know, the last decade plus. So, you know, it's a shame to see him, you know, walk away when I think, you know, he had, you know, he has a ton more football uh, and coaching left in him. 
But, you know, I hope that's, you know, the best decision for him. Uh, it's sad to watch him go because, yeah, he really was a special, special play caller. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, I think so. I just, you know, the fact like Panthers, their defense is young and I like that. But, I mean, they're another team that they got to figure their quarterback out. I, it, it really depends. I mean, if they were if they're able to get, you know, I mean, like, who knows with Watson, but if they're able to get, like, a just a steady guy, you know, I mean, honestly, someone like a Jimmy G, who I think is, you know, right there in the middle of, you know, Darnold and Cam Newton on, you know, the bad side of the the bad QB spectrum, and then, like, a Watson, who's one of the, you know, when he's actually playing one of the best QBs. So, I don't know. I think if they do that, then maybe, but I think this defense is – and having Kamara as well, those two factors alone, those two, those two factors are, are so elite that I think it still still keeps them up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ready for picks? I think we we went last week. Yeah. I know I didn't do too well. I went one and three because I didn't want to pick the Niners because I felt like I'd they lose if I picked them. But what we got two games this weekend. Jose, I'll start with you. Give me your two picks. I gotta keep rolling with Joe Shiesty. I got to take the Bengals. They're my team this year to go all the way. And then on the other side, give me the Rams. The Rams' confidence is through the roof at home. They're limiting ticket sales to people only in the L.A. area. Um, so give me the Rams. It, it's it's too good for them not to win this game. Um, Rams' first half money line, or you know, I'm not sure what the points are, but first half money line, I, I was – I knew it. I had it. I don't know why I didn't bet it, but I knew the first half money line was going to hit against the Bucs. But I feel the same way about this game where they're going to come out really, really strong. And then McVay, Stafford, they're going to slow down a little bit in the second half. That's where the Niners, I feel like it's going to be very similar to the game from, uh, you know, the game from uh, last week of the regular season, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, And then as for Chiefs Bengals, My personal opinion on this game is I think it's going to be very, very close through probably the first half or the first three quarters. And then the Chiefs are going to pull away in the end just because, you know, having Mahomes, having that home field advantage. But that over under, that over is looking, is looking pretty juicy. You know what? We're going to go Rams first half money line and we're going to, we're going to take the Kansas City spread. Oh, oh. Nine is seven. All right. Well, minus take, seven. I think I'll, I think they'll be able to hit that, you know, late in the game and like, you know, last few plays or whatever. I'll take the Niners plus three and a half and give me the Bengals plus oh, seven. I want that too. For sure. I want that too. <laughs> okay, okay. So gotta pick straight. I got plus three and a half, uh, Niners, uh, and I got plus seven Bengals. So I'm taking the underdogs to cover. Carson, you got what Rams money uh first half money line. You got uh, Niners to cover, and you got uh, the Kansas City to cover the spread. Jose, you got money line on. Uh, sorry, you got money line on Rams, and you got money line on uh, Bengals, right? Bengals. All right. Okay. Well, we shall see. Obviously, we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks is the quarterback situation this offseason. Where do we think some guys are going? Because we were just talking about there's so many possibilities. Aaron Rodgers talked about Pittsburgh, talking about Denver. A lot of teams one quarterback away genuinely from being um, a contender out there in their conference. So without further ado, we'll be back to you. We'll be talking Super Bowl stuff. 
And, you know, we'll have two weeks because we're not recapping the Pro Bowl. Otherwise, something's wrong with us. Fuck the uh, Pro Bowl. Hopefully, uh, next episode you see before this, we'll have another episode of On the Air. One of us will be going one-on-one with another one. Uh, of you guys listening along, if you guys are interested, please message us on Instagram. We've got a couple of people lined up already, but uh, we want as much people as possible for this. So without further ado, if anyone's got anything else to say, this is Coast Coast Podcast. Signing out. Peace.